0: Introducing The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan, the podcast that takes you on an exhilarating journey through the captivating realm of custom technology.
1: Join us as we unveil the sensational tales of Nashville's very own dynamic duo of AV designers. Don't miss out on this thrilling auditory expedition into the mesmerizing world of custom technology. Uh, Why don't we uh, just get right into it and uh, I'll say hello and welcome to the show. I'm Mark. Oh, I'm Dan. Uh, On today's episode, uh, we want to talk a lot about um, building a custom home or building a new home, and specifically the pre-wire aspect of building that home. And uh, I think the kind of setting or the context of this uh, that's really important is that when we talk about building a custom home, it's all about the client and what they want to do. But I want to maybe take a slightly different approach today and say, this client that we're going to talk about and the project that we're going to talk about kind of wants to do everything. And we'll veer off from that and we'll go in a, in a bunch of different directions, I'm sure. But you know, this could very easily be a 100000 or $200,000 or $300,000 job that we're talking about or a project that we're talking about. And that seems insane, right, to the average person. And Mm -hmm. it should because in one sense, right, that's not the everyday kind of an experience. But if we use that as a reference point and say, this is what's possible, then you can scale to whatever makes sense for you because you'll now have all the options. Um, And so that's kind of where I I think we should kind of start is um, maybe just talking a little bit about uh, pre-wire. So, like, what do you think uh, when when you say pre-wire? What does that uh, What does that entail?
0: Yeah, so you know, I I do want to kind of piggyback off what you said. Obviously, not all of us can spend two or three hundred thousand dollars on anything when you're buying a six figure home, right? Um, so we are going to kind of focus on the client that is going to do everything. But keep in mind, when I'm thinking about pre wire, I'm thinking about long term. Mm. I'm not thinking about how the client's going to move in. And use it the day they move in. Because you don't know. You said it on a previous episode. I don't know if you're going to sit outside and listen to music. So I'm not just going to say, hey, you need to put speakers outside. But if you're in your pre-wire phase, we need to plan for it. So when I hear the word pre-wire, automatically I'm thinking, okay, we need to get out there ASAP. Especially because they're probably already along with their construction. So we need to get out there. Look at what needs to be done so we can get them you know the wiring ordered and whatnot and uh you know be prepared to put that infrastructure in as soon as possible before drywall or anything else gets put up
1: well and and you, it's a it's a good call out because i think when you think about a, a a custom home build process there's different stages and things happen you know and there's kind of a schedule and when it comes to av especially um, I think the number one failure point that we encounter probably more than anything else is a failure to design at the beginning. And it kind of drives mm-hmm. me bonkers because somebody will, will walk in and say, you know, hey, we're building a house and, <laughs> you know, we've got stick framing up and uh, they're doing their rough ins and uh, they're talking to us about low voltage and we have no idea what we're looking at. And so it's like, it wasn't even a consideration and, and so you're kind of behind the eight ball before you start which, exactly. And, and you're going, well, uh, all right, so what, so what do you do? So I, I think if you start by saying, all right, how can we design or plan, uh, accordingly, what could we want to do? So, um, what are some of the things that, uh, should be included in your planning process?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, we've talked about networking so much already but that is very very important uh wire your house with networking infrastructure cat six please uh it's five cents more than yeah. cat five right so
1: <laughs> yeah could you do a uh, cat uh cat five or cat 60 like is there a big difference in those wires
0: it's just more for throughput and and distance currently but as more and more things progress you know, we've got five gigabit per second speed here in the Nashville area. So as speeds progress and they're only going to get faster and faster, you want to make sure that you at least have the infrastructure there to to keep you future proof for the long term versus the short term. Sure. Uh, I know everything that we touch is going to be minimum cat six and we've even done some cat seven as, you know, crazy as, as that sounds, crazy as that sounds, but <laughs> um, so yeah, networking infrastructure. Uh, I always wire for television. I know that's kind of an outdated form of uh, media in a lot of cases, but Do you,
1: when you say uh, wire for television, you mean coax. Yeah, you run an RG6 or an rg RG6. RG59. Yeah, and,
0: and and a lot of times we aren't using it as cable anymore. We're using it for an antenna. If the client wants that the ability to have over the air, you know, in case the internet goes out, it's it's already there, right? Yep. Um. Um, so that's that's kind of my non-negotiables walking into a pre-wire outside of the additional audio, video and entertainment pieces. Uh, we've got to have that networking infrastructure and you got to have, you know, pre-wire it for TV, because when you sell the house, the next person that moves in might be a direct TV aficionado and be really upset that they don't have the infrastructure.
1: Well, and it's it's funny you mentioned that, you know, I've, I've worked with clients, as I know you have as well, that are in uh, you know, professional sports, players, coaches, uh, people within the organization. And almost without fail, they have DirecTV. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> right? Uh, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, I mean, I play for such and such team. Like, uh, I want to have the Sunday ticket. I want access to every single game. And you walk into their houses and it's like ESPN is always on. The NFL network is always on. Um, and so even though it, I know it seems crazy, but coax, I agree with you 100%, run that coax wire. And and even if you don't end up using it yourself, you don't know who that next buyer is. So you have to do what's right for the house, not just what's right for you in that particular moment. Um, and I, I guess the question then becomes, you know, how many and why would you run them, right? And so I kind of have this rule of three. I know a lot of people will do this and you could do more or less. But um, I think a traditional pre wire in in our market would be a cat and a coax, right? So one Ethernet Mm -hmm. and one coax. Um, But I always recommend if we can do it to do a second one and a third one. And part of that rationale is to say, well, it's great if we can hardwire the television, okay, or the Apple TV. And so that first coax, uh, excuse me, first Ethernet, you know, kind of makes sense there. But what if you add a soundbar, like a network soundbar from, say, Sonos or something along those lines? Mm -hmm. Like, that's going to need a hardwire, too. And so you're at two cats. What if you end up wanting to do later on some video distribution or some control or you want to add an Apple TV or something along those lines? Well, now I need a third, third cat. And so I had this conversation with a customer not too long ago. It was awesome. I go, an Ethernet wire can become whatever you need it to be so it can route internet but that cat six can also move video data it can also move control data so you can splice those wires right um and and turn it into an ir or whatever it is that you need um it can be audio uh in the case of uh savant right so you can move audio back and forth between a cat wire um it's not speaker wire let's you know be clear Right. Uh, but but you can move signal that way. And yep. so it's kind of a chameleon when you really think about it. It can become anything that you need it yeah. to be.
0: Yeah, whatever we need it to be. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, the more cat you can wire, the best. Three cats and a coax is kind of my, my go-to. Um, we talk about aesthetics earlier in another episode. And um, if we can't place an access point on the ceiling... We might need to hide that in a TV location behind a media console, in a media console behind a television. I know it's not perfect placement. Please don't yell at me. But uh, <laughs> we may need to do that for aesthetics purposes. And having that extra cat six there is is just golden versus having to figure out how to retro wire or worst case scenario, put a network switch behind your TV, which is now going to pull that television a little bit further off the wall and make it a little messier back there, yeah. which nobody likes.
1: Well, and I've seen two uh, more recently um, with the advent of the frame television and their One Connect boxes. Um, we've been seeing a lot more these low voltage boxes and I'm sure you've seen them and mm-hmm. used them a million times. And they're pretty cool. You can get them different sizes, nine inch, 17 inch. I think there's a 20 inch version of it. Uh, mm-hmm. They fit within a traditional stud bay. Um, you can route the power in there. You, all of your pre-wire can go in there. Um, and I recently uh, had a uh, a customer doing a, uh, a full remodel. I mean, it was from... We you know, took, took the place down to the studs um, and kind of is rebuilding of the whole house, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, essentially. And every TV, uh, we put one behind there because we weren't sure at this moment in time, am I going to put a cable box back there? I'm going to put a Direct TV box there. Am I going to put an Apple TV box there? Am I going to put a Sonosan back there? I don't... Am I going to need that network switch or that access, access point? I mean, I don't know. So... Why not be prepared, right? Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done more than three cats in a coax? Yes. What was that about?
0: Fiber. Ooh, fiber. Yes. the, The signal that gets brought into your house can also be used as a distribution platform. Running it, in my opinion, is becoming more and more necessary, especially if we're already designing some sort of smart home. Um, it's a video distribution medium, uh, a little bit more reliable than, than a CAT cable because there's not necessarily issues with any handshakes. Um, uh. and, it, and at some point, you will most likely get full 4K, 120 hertz video distribution. Uh, definitely have been running more fiber. It is a pricey connection, but it is well worth it in the end game.
1: Well, and I think part of the the end game is to consider, well, what's the alternative? And after you've built your home and the drywall has been patched and painted and you've got your level 5 guy out there and everything <laughs> looks everything looks looks awesome and it's yeah, I don't want to cut up your house to to put wire where we don't need to and especially I see this all the time, there's a basement right? Because the house is built on a hill or something along those lines. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you've got a main floor and then you've got an upstairs. And so you don't really have a pathway to run a wire after the fact. So what do you do if you don't do it in the pre-wire stage? Well, you have to look at that client and say, I'm so sorry, but there's nothing I can do. Or we're going to have to essentially remodel to (laughs) get things done and it's like nobody wants to have that conversation
0: (laughs) right right now i i have had conversations with uh, a few builders lately that are starting to include flex tubing from the from one floor to the next and then from the middle floor to the top and then to the attic uh which is uh definitely awesome and every builder should do that but we're probably at, you know, less than 10% that's actually doing that right now. Uh, but we'll get there. That's, that's definitely something that uh, I I've had conversations with clients about and we've actually done one because the builder wanted us to do it, so. Uh,
1: yeah, and I, I've had one customer we did that for and inevitably ended up using it. It was six months after he moved in. Um, super nice guy and uh, had a lifestyle change. And before you know it, it's like, Hey, I need to do these other things. Um, and we were like, well, you remember when we ran that orange
0: conduit, (laughs) (laughs) guess what we're going to (laughs) use. Right. Um, you know, and the the last things that we'll talk about is then we'll get into those, you know, luxuries or, you know, the experiential pre-wire phase. So we're going to talk about audio mostly we're going to talk about video distribution if you're going to do a tv wall or or something along those lines but you know for the most part audio is is you know probably where we we do most of our additional pre-wire um and at that point you know we'll mark up blueprints we'll talk to the client kind of how they want to maybe use certain spaces but in you know every house i've done in the past year we wire nearly every room with some sort of speaker even if they don't do it up front, again, just in case they decide to, in six months, hey, I want to be able to belt out music in the shower while I'm while I'm getting ready in the morning, right? Versus having to, you know, get their Bluetooth speaker out of their out of their travel case or something along those lines and have it in there. It's definitely a lot nicer to have it in the ceiling and not be able to see it, but it fill that whole space with sound versus. You know, the alternative.
1: And now your beautifully designed bathroom can say your beautifully designed bathroom. Right. Uh, (laughs) Right. So, and and again, I'm not picking on anyone, but just to say, like, I think the thought process is let the aesthetic lead that thought process. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. In that design phase, like we sort of talked about earlier, um, and like, what do you need for for where all those wires are going to go back to?
0: I uh, it, rack location MEC main equipment closet is, is how we mark it up or local equipment area. If you're going to split it up uh, is yeah. something that doesn't get a lot of thought put into it at the front end and is definitely difficult to work around if you don't. So um, and, and, and most architects and builders, they don't think about it. They think, Oh, there's a closet there under the staircase and well, like, we've got, you know, 70 rack units worth of equipment and I've got, you're giving me a, you know, a four by, a four by four space to put it in. So you got uh, four by four? No. <laughs> uh, uh. N- kind of pretty close yeah. to that right now. Uh, but it, really, yes. It, if it's something that in the design phase of your home, you need to plan on where do I want to locate my router? Where do I want to locate my networking head end? even if you don't do all of the extra fancy stuff right away, we need to have a space that we can locate all this stuff. So you're not later coming back and having to put it on top of your beautiful piece of furniture or built-ins in your living room because we didn't plan out a space for it beforehand.
1: Yeah. And especially as the projects get uh, a little bit larger and that equipment really does start to take up a lot of physical space. You know, one of the things that's happened recently is we had a place planned out, and uh, it was where the HVAC units were going to go. And uh, there's this beautiful closet that, uh, you know, the the client said, you've got from here to there and from floor to ceiling, and we can do whatever we want. And uh, we come back two weeks later, and there's this pipe (laughs) 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 two and a half feet off the ground, Uh, like, right in the way like so we can't use any floor space all of a sudden and we're sitting there scratching our heads like and, well, and we're and listen you know the trades are awesome and that guy was doing the right thing and he needed to have a certain angle and it's plumbing and i get it you know but uh these are the things that happen so you're sitting there going okay well how can i plan appropriately uh to have you know a a six by six space you know that's you know floor to ceiling or something along those lines just so we have a spot where everything can, can go, um, and make sure it's ventilated. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, yes. It should not be in your crawl space. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh no. should be, climate, uh, yes. Climate
0: controlled. <laughs> um, the, the other thing, you know, uh, in a, in a, you know, in our, our dream smart home, uh, surveillance is very important. Um, I know there's a lot of do-it-yourself systems out there that you can just plug in or put a battery in, but uh, you know, nothing's as, as reliable as a hard wire. So um picking camera locations if surveillance security is important to you, uh is is important to do at the head end versus trying to figure out how you're gonna get a wire to an Eve that's fourteen feet in the air. Yeah, or uh, thirty feet in the air. Or thirty feet in the air. <laughs> uh, that, that has to be there because you don't want, you know, you don't want someone walking onto your property. Um, again, pre-wiring that is just very important.
1: Yeah. I I think it's a great call out. And and the other thing that, uh, uh, I've, I've, I've seen us do a little bit more recently is actually doorbells, um, and door stations specifically. Um, and it's like, why, why wouldn't I just run a cat that can become, a good old fashioned doorbell. So you don't even have to plan to do anything, but instead of running a 18 gauge, right, two conductor, red and black wire, uh, why don't you just throw a cat there, run it back to the head end, it doesn't make any difference. And, and now if you do decide later on, I'd love to have a Ring doorbell there. Well, now I've got a wire and you can use that little, you know, I'm sure you've seen these, uh, the, uh, the Ring X, that are Mm -hmm. PoE-powered. I know uh, 2N makes uh, a bunch of different variations for Savant and Control 4 and all those guys, and they've got those, you know, PoE-powered door stations. It's like, you just give yourself the option.
0: Right, right. What about shading?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really um, one of the... Most after-the-fact conversations (laughs) that you have. Um, There's a wonderful community down here uh, that uh, has built these wonderful homes, big, beautiful homes, and they have, in some cases, these floor-to-ceiling windows. In some cases, two stories of windows. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation with a client. She said, I feel like I'm in a fishbowl. Everyone can see... (laughs) (laughs) everything Everything. that's going on Yep. Yep. (laughs) and it's a wonderful looking design and then you get in there and so here we are right three to six months later going okay well let's talk about the treatment so had we planned ahead had we designed correctly and done our jobs the right way and kind of looked around that corner we could have run wire for automated shades you know what what would you run uh when you do uh do an automated shade mark
0: well you know a lot of them uh, kind of vary the connection, um, but all of them can be converted from a Cat6. Hey! <laughs> and uh, one of our vendors specifically has a device that can convert any connection to a Cat6 and control it off of their app or a third-party control system. So we're coming back to Cat6. It's it's. I think maybe we're getting through to some folks here. I hope so. Um, but <laughs> but uh, run a Cat six there. We can convert it to two conductor, four conductor, or a, a Cat wire for control, uh, and that's also going to carry in a lot of cases low voltage power.
1: Yeah, the traditional method was that sixteen gauge or eighteen gauge, right? And mm-hmm. two conductor wire. And so there's a black and a and a red, and it sticks out in a corner, you know, and you pick your side, left side, right side, whatever it is. Um, and, and if you know you're going to do a powered shade there, um, then yeah, I think it makes total sense to, to, to run that kind of a wire. And there are some good wireless control systems, right? Lutron, uh, Radio ra 2, Radio ra 3, I mean, those networks are incredibly stable from a wireless perspective, but at the same time, you're sitting there thinking like, well, what should I really be doing? Should I be relying on that wireless network? As stable as it is, and as awesome as it is, or should I just go ahead and make sure that it's plugged in? <laughs> and then I don't exactly. even have—I don't even have to have a question. I don't even have to have a, a thought about it. I just forget about it for the next fifteen or twenty years. I know that yep. that gear works <laughs> because it's plugged in, right?
0: Right, right. And 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 can I go to to go along with shades? I know we've we've kind of spent a little bit of time on that, uh, but you know. The other part of shades is is lighting. You brought up Lutron earlier. Um, yep. That needs to be an early on conversation because if you're just going to do a traditional Lutron radio raw or if your house can do Caseta, things like homeworks, that you know it requires a, a different type of wiring compared to your traditional light switches. So you actually have power banks that get installed somewhere typically hidden in an equipment room or something along those lines. And you just have a single keypad in certain areas of your house. So you don't have six switches of wall acne to figure out how many lights you want to turn (laughs) on or off when you walk into a room.
1: Wall acne. Yes. My, that's
0: one of my favorite terms from a Lutron training seven years ago. Wall acne, right? These little, they just stick off the wall, right? They just look ugly. So why not get rid of that? Right. Uh, One of our control systems, Savant has the new, usai lighting fixtures that are either high voltage or low voltage but uh you know require some sort of internet connection in most cases if we can run a low voltage wire between all of those via cat it's going to make it a lot easier for you to integrate those and control them and be able to set those uh experiences or moods in those certain spaces Uh, so again on the front end talking about those designs is important
1: yeah Well, and and you you mentioned the keypad, right? So it's it's a phenomenal call out. I had this conversation with a client. I said, you know, what does your morning routine look like? How do you see yourself moving throughout the space? And he said, well, every single day I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And I said, great. See that hallway right there on the inside, right? Are you right-handed or left-handed? And he goes, I'm right-handed. I said, great. We should put a keypad right there. So when you walk up, into the kitchen you hit that one button before you even get in and all the lights can come on and we can get your music started and we can get your day really beginning and you can have those shades start to automatically roll up it, it it all comes together in a cohesive unified experience not just oh hey man i got some speakers i can listen to music or hey man i've got these cool shades and i don't have to go pull a string it's like that's not the point and then it becomes one of your favorite parts of a house. It becomes one of your favorite things. It's like, I love that my house does this thing for me because now it's your house. It's not just a generic house. Mm-hmm. It's not somebody else's. No, this is your home. This is how you live. So let's design it to how you want it to work.
0: Exactly. The day I moved in, I, I had shades that I had already purchased and measured for. I needed that, that, Uh, you know, privacy, but also when I, when I come home, if I come home and it's after sunset, the lights in my driveway are on my porch lights are on my rear porch lights are on my foyer lights are on my kitchen lights are on and the, the hallway lights are on all at different percentages. So I'm not just wasting energy. Um, but they come on at a certain time so that myself or my wife never enter a dark home. Sure. And that's important from a security standpoint. we live in a nice neighborhood but you know should there be somebody who decides that they want to come into my house all the lights are going to be on at a certain time it's not going to be dark they're not going to be hiding somewhere tying it back into the pre-wire concept you know you think
1: about the home and you say you know i think i'm going to live this way in that space there are some things that may change you may realize oh i don't live that routine but i think most of these are pretty easy to see kind of into the future uh this is how we plan to use this space uh, what do you run for speakers uh and and for audio uh
0: you know you know a lot of us when we i think i could probably speak for both of us when we first started and working with builders all of us wanted to save the world one stereo system at a time <laughs> with, you know, a $35,000 pair of Kef Bowers and Wilkins, you know, Dynaudio, right. audio, whatever it is that you want uh, and, and a big premium stereo stack and all this stuff. But it, it just isn't, it isn't a priority to everybody. Now everywhere else in my house is architectural in the ceiling. Now that can be both visible or invisible. Sure. Yep. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's real we're kind of leaning leaning is the the architectural space um and and
1: i would maybe just put one other caveat into that which is do i want the tv to play through the speakers and that becomes such a critical question and if you can answer mm -hmm. that your own way to say yes that's important no that's not important family room living room space open concept onto the kitchen and you're sitting there going like it's 30 feet away. I want to be able to hear the sound of the TV in the kitchen without having to crank the volume up all the way. Like maybe we can think about how to design and how to wire for that type of an experience. Cause that fundamentally changes the way you wire it too. Right? Exactly. Um, Do I wire this locally? Right. Do I try and get five speakers for a surround sound? Do we just do three speakers? So you have a left, a center and a right. So you can get good dialogue. Right? Or do we need to just do a pair because it's just music? It's going to be in the background, and and that's going to be enough for us. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: And and all our correct answers, right? Right, right, right. And it's all it's all just asking those questions of of Hey, think about a year from now when you're moving into this home, how are you going to use this? You know, you were right, one hundred percent. We can we can wire it accordingly. Yeah, and and
1: you know, you're right. It's technology, and and there's always a you know, some solution, there's always a a part or piece that's available. The question is, should you have to do that? Right? And is that where you should spend your money? Um, You know, there's some kits that are as expensive as $1,100 or $1,200, right, that'll run a bunch of data, right, and a bunch of different things over a single, you know, Ethernet wire. And that's fantastic, right? But do you want to spend $1,100 on that? Or could you have taken that budget? and put it into the speakers themselves. Maybe you got a a better quality, or maybe you could have gotten a nicer receiver and actually improved the the performance because you're not necessarily tied to putting it in uh, specifically into the function after the fact. And so uh, it's just a more efficient use of the same dollars that that we were gonna spend. I'm not asking you to spend more, I'm just saying we could have gotten something a little bit nicer because we thought about it ahead of time. Right, right, agree what are the different ways that we might be able to control um and do music in different spaces and what should we like from a pre-wire perspective really think about
0: most people know how to use a bluetooth speaker right where they're able to connect and wirelessly yeah. play music off of their phone um you know my end game nowadays is to make it work the same way just throughout their whole house not be a bluetooth um But we have different clients, again, when you talk about how do you want to to use this system that maybe they don't want to scale all the way up to that, you know, 12 zones of audio and having 12 different sources being able to play at the same time. Maybe they just want the same music to play everywhere, but they don't necessarily want it all at the same volume. So we can give them that ability to play off their phone, but we can pre-wire with volume controls. It's... Not the prettiest thing, again, wall acne, but yep. it is something that can save you money up front if they want that music, but they only want one source to play everywhere, Uh, wire for a volume control. That's the easiest way to do it.
1: Yeah. And listen, that was the traditional way of doing it for years. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't fault anybody for thinking about it that way because, okay, I mean, that's cool, I guess, but where are you going to play that music from? Do you want to run back over to a closet and put push play on a CD player? Like it's 2023. Right. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to be offensive here, but I'm no. just saying that everybody's been listening to Spotify for like a decade. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. why, why are we still designing a home for technology that is 20 or 30 years old? Um, you know Why don't we maybe think maybe that next step through and say... Okay well, well how, how else could we do that? So um, and if I remember correctly does, doesn't uh, Savant have some some IP speakers that run off of uh, cat six? Uh, yes Yes. <laughs> <so, laughs> Could't uh, couldn't you pre-wire with cat six to a speaker location?
0: <laughs> you could 100% or a keypad and then from that keypad to a speaker hey now i have a form of control local in that room
1: so it's not like you're sitting there saying like i need a volume control because i want the rotary dial with the keypad you're saying but you also have control over the lights you also would then have control potentially over those shades and so now it's just a question of like how do you program it how what do you want those buttons to do and right so cat six has become the theme (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> either intentionally or unintentionally. I think that's where we're at. Um, is there anything else that you can think of uh, you would want to tell a client, like if you could go back and do this thing or you know what really worked out well and it saved my butt.
0: Just give me something to be able to run to the top and bottom of the house without having to cut a bunch of holes and Swiss cheese the ceiling yep. just to get something put in you know, on another floor that, you know, we could have easily done if we had that conduit. Um. If your builder isn't talking about these things with you, ask them questions, get them and get, get involved with the company that they're going to work with. A lot of times you've got to sign a contract. If they don't have somebody find an integrator that can, that can, you know, talk through these things with you um, because it's going to make your life A lot easier in the long run uh if you do it you know even before you you start breaking ground versus trying to do it after the fact
1: thanks for listening to the sound of design with mark and dan and uh, like comment subscribe if you have any questions obviously feel free to reach out and uh, we really thank you very much for listening